Dude, that's our first, like, no actual good no edits podcast. Damn it. There's going to be so little work for me. This is great. Shut up and sit down. And welcome to the week 12 edition of the Black Swarm Podcast. Hank Piper here with Rob Anson now. How you doing, bud? Pretty good. Yeah, let's give a quick couple shout-outs real quick. You know, go follow us, Twitter, at Black Swarm Pod, Facebook, iTunes, SoundCloud, the Black Swarm Podcast. And shout-out to our sponsor, J.P. Simon of Simon Says. Rob will tell you where to find him. Downtown. We're at downtown. Downtown Big. His business. Simon Says Promotions on uh, Lincoln Way. Yeah. Yep. Use the alley in the back, I think, still, right? I don't know. I mean, the op- the front's open. Mostly open. Mostly open. Yeah. And we'll see when that gets finally done open, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> Moving on. Perry Week. Been a long time coming. What, last time we played in 2015? Yeah? Yeah. Sounds good. Yep. All-time record. A lot against a little. Yeah. Yep. yep. Only have two wins against us in history, and... Uh, hopefully it stays that way for a while. You know, coming off of last week, a big 55 goose egg against Warren. I thought, uh, I mean, just might as well get into it. Tigers did pretty good. I think, um, it's hard going up against a team twice in a row and it's really impressive coming out and looking even better than he did the first time. Do you have any thoughts besides that from the game? I think the Tigers did a good job. Um, coming out and you know doing better the second time on the scoreboard than the first time that that's really impressive uh, especially the way that Warren was coming into the game you know they had absolutely nothing to lose everything to gain um, they were coming in they were ready for the game they thought they missed a few chances the first time they played us and you know it turns out that you know we're, we're just that good of a team but you know they gave us our best shot of course you know they had a few miscues especially there in that second half but I mean Warren Warren's a good team. Um, you know, they, they didn't fare well against us, um, but don't take anything away from them. They're a good team, and uh, I think that should just show you more about what kind of team we are because we are also that good of a team that we make good teams look bad. Yeah, you know, they came in, they said they were ready to shock the world, and I think the only thing really shocking they did was uh, provoke us by doing jumping jacks or whatever the hell that was out on the OB pregame. And, you know, it's especially against a team like the – uh, like us, that's you know, all you're gonna do is rile us up, and frankly, I think gave us that little extra something to get us and come out and do what we did. Yeah, I mean, you never want to give us any extra motivation like that. Um, you know, a lot of teams do provocative things like that, thinking that it's gonna help them, and it, it just doesn't. I don't know why anybody would ever think that. Because um, we're not going to back down. It's just going to make us more fired up. So that's the last thing that any team should do. You know, see Louisville come out and try to provoke us like that. It, it's just not a smart thing to do. Louisville? Uh, yeah, Louisville. Oh. They did it last year. Ah, yeah. Yeah, see right. Louisville like from last year. Okay. You know, it didn't work for them. Gotcha. Bad idea. Gotcha. Um, didn't work for Warren. It, it's, it's not going to work for anybody. You're not going to come out and scare us. You're not going to punk us. You know, you do anything in any form of way of trying to rattle us, and it's just going to get us more fired up. Um, you know, we have good heads on our shoulders, so you're we're not going to get out of tune. We're not going to, you know, do anything outside of what we're supposed to do. We're just going to do it tougher than we did beforehand. So, 
Um, if any other team's ever listening, the the last thing you want to do is try to you know get in our heads and fire up Maslin before the game. Yeah, and you know I can speak from being on the other side of that too. My senior year, twenty twelve, when we were playing over at Glen Oak after we beat uh, uh, Bookdale like a hundred and thirty five to three or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. You know we we thought we were hot shit. You know we were gonna set the world on fire, whatever. We come out, we do our pregame stretch, and then just do Tiger Jacks in the middle of Glen Oaks Field on their logo, and then we ended up losing that game. So you know it's uh never really a smart thing to do, at least pregame. You know postgame. <laughs> whatever <laughs> anywho uh I, that's really all i got on warren if you got anything else yeah i mean i think we played you know really well um i think the score was maybe a few scores higher than what you would have thought just because of some of those turnovers there in the second half uh but then with the running clock as well you know that turn that takes away possessions uh i think there was a few times in the first half where you know we didn't struggle but i mean we had two three and outs we had an early fumble. Um, so, I mean, those are definitely things that, you know, you'd look to improve on. I mean, like I said, Warren's a good team. But when, you know, you're able to beat a team 55 nothing, you're looking for something to be better at. And, you know, I think those two possessions, we went three and out. And, you know, the fumble, fumbles happen. But, you know, there's never a good time for a fumble. But, um, you know, that's another thing that we can improve on. So going into this week, you know, it's not like we're flawless. Um, but you know, Warren is a good team. We did our job. We're going into Perry and you know, Perry's a different team. Yeah. And I think really the first thing that we all know of that happened going into this week was the whole, uh, ticket debacle. Um, and that's just unfortunate. You know, everybody, I guess people still don't know that Lake was really the only option we had, you know, um, Bubba Patches, our assistant AD came out and he said, Listen, like the bigger schools around here, Hoover, Glen Oak, even Tom Benson, Kent, Akron, nobody put in a bid to host the game. And then the other stadiums that could have possibly held us already had other games going on in them or something. They were taken. So it's Lake was really is the best option. The best option. It it wasn't the only option. We don't want to make it seem like it was the only one, but there weren't many options. And Lake. Lake's probably the best option, and I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be great. Um, you know, I agree that it it probably is the best option out of you know what we had. Um, you know, taking away, you know, you're not gonna play at Tom Benson. All right, we know that. Um, so taking that out of the equation, you know, I I think Lake's actually a pretty good choice. You know, even if some of the other schools did you know offer to host. So the way the stadium's set up. You know, of course, it doesn't seat as many as we would like, but it's going to be set up in a way where it's down in a bowl and it's going to be loud. It is going to be loud, hopefully, if the Tiger fans, you know, show up and cheer, um, which we always do. But down in that bowl like that, compared to like at a Glen Oak where it's really open, it's it's not as loud just because of the mm-hmm. surroundings. You're going to be down in a bowl, you know, and it we have the chance to make it really loud and we can really disrupt the other team if we choose to. So I think it's going to be a fun environment. Um, and Lake's doing a great job, um, with all the amenities that they have to host us as well. Yeah. I mean, I'd say they're doing the best they can. And not only is it going to be loud just because the environment, you know, as we record this today, Wednesday, um, 
all the they you know we all know the online ticket sales which is we think what three thousand just based on the math 4, it might have been four might have been four thousand sold three out four. yeah sold out in like four minutes yes and then each school had fifteen hundred more mm-hmm. Maslin we held back you know we said hey we're gonna give on Wednesday the fir- the uh, students parents all them first chance to buy them Perry just said okay everybody just mm-hmm. prove you're a Perry fan and a really weird inefficient way but yeah that's neither here nor there they said prove you're a perry fan and you know you can come buy a ticket and they ran out of perry fans to buy tickets and just said all right anybody else come buy tickets please we don't want to hold on to these yeah i mean they make a dollar per ticket yeah and i would imagine if mass one would run out Oh, just say would make Perry give us some of their tickets. So I mean, it's smart on their part to just sell to whoever if they ran out of fans, like you said. Um, but with that being said, mm-hmm. we had the fifteen hundred tickets just like Perry did. We reserved ours for parents and students first. But now that we have a roughly a thousand tickets left over, as it sits right now Wednesday night, they're going to go on sale Thursday morning. And then if there are any left over after Thursday morning, they'll be on sale Friday morning as well. So, I mean, I'm, we can like tweet that out or post it or something. I yeah. mean, it's it's already out there. Maslin City Schools has put it up. So um, Thursday morning, Friday morning, if they're still available, there will be public sales at the ticket office. Yeah. But my point beyond just giving out the information is I even still expect there to be a line tomorrow at the ticket office. For oh, there other. probably will be. And the fact that Perry ran out of fans to come buy theirs, there's a chance for this entire stadium to be a sea of orange and black. Yeah, from from what I saw from the Lake representative, he said they will seat 5,000 people, and then there will be standing room for 2,000. I know if you look online, it says their stadium holds 6,000 people, um, but I'm going to take the Lake person's word at it yeah um because a lot of the times these numbers get exaggerated a little bit because you know the lines painted on the seats don't always correlate to how many people you can actually fit in the seats correct um so i'm gonna say that there will be five thousand people sitting and the rest will be standing so um where you're getting at with this is you know maslin might be on both sides yeah or at least there will be some maslin people on the away side as well Plus a lot on the hill standing up. So, you know, we could have quite the environment all the way around the field. Yeah. You know, it it's a home and away side, but ideally it's going to be Maslin 360 degrees. So, and, you know, just to your point earlier, that's a, another big opportunity to make this as loud as possible to just really disrupt Perry. And um, I guess kind of moving along from that, let's get into Perry a little bit. You know, the Wakefield, the wing tee, like, you know, oh, so scary. Nobody knows how to defend it. It's just follow your guards. That's really it. Line's going to take you to the ball. It's not – it's been – it's a system ran since, what, the at least the 70s, if not before that. I wanted to say just from when I was watching Timeless Rivals mm-hmm. during McKinley week, I forget which coach they said – like kind of brought it in with him. I want to say they said Strang in the 50s. I know Chuck Mather, he ran the T, you know, the old power T, and that's what the wing T maybe kind of that's, evolved Maybe from. that's what they called it on the on the movie then. Because there was, was Mather then. There was a lot of carryover, you know, like the power, the power, the buck sweep. It mm-hmm. kind of came from, you can run that out of the T. Um, that's a big thing in the wing T now, but 
uh, I know Coach Moore at the Booster Club made it a point to, you know, point out, you know, uh, Mather, he had the T. And then by Coach Cummings, he had, like, the pure wing T. Mm-hmm. And okay. um, nowadays, at least with uh, what Wakefield's running over there at Perry, it's a little bit different. You know, you don't have a T backfield. You just – you have um, – it looks a lot more like a flex bone, kind of like what Army Navy runs a little bit, you know, now where you have the fullback and then two wingbacks. They don't really run as much pure series stuff like other wing te- you know, teams do. You know, with the buck sweep, there's actually the buck dive and the waggle off of it. They'll Perry will run a little bit of the buck sweep, but they don't run the dive. They don't really run the waggle. All their stuff kind of comes off a jet, you know, and that's really a more modern thing. Yeah, it's it does attest to how Wakefield can take, you know, what his players do. It's not a rigid system he runs. It is a little flexible and, you know, adapt it with more modern stuff and kind of merge it with the things he knows too. So you're going to see a lot of that. And I think uh, at least with our defensive coordinator, uh, you know, coach McConnell and then coach Lino, obviously he McConnell had spent like eight years in the fed playing Perry year in, year out. He knows what he's seeing. Lino, he's, just one of the biggest football nerds, and I do mean that in a good way that you'll ever meet. They know exactly what they're doing, and I think that I trust they have a good game plan on how to defeat this. Yeah, I mean, the wing T, you know, it's nothing crazy. It's nothing fancy. Um, but, you know, it's it's just power football. And, you know, you said it's as easy as reading the guards, right? But at the end of the day, when you're running this wing T, you, you only need three yards yep. per play, right? So, you know, even if you know where I'm going, if I can fall forward, if I can break one tackle, you know, that's a, that's a successful play. And you just do that 15 times until you get all the way down the field. Or in a lot of the case, you end up breaking a long touchdown run somewhere, right? Um, with that being said, I mean, Maslin's had good success at stopping the wing tee in the past that we've seen. Um, you know, when we played them, how many years was it when we three years four years so we played them we did it well my senior year 2012 that was when we so a four-year contract yeah and then after that first year wakefield came back and reinstalled the wing tee so we've seen it for three years at maslin recently Mm -hmm. yeah so i mean we we had a we had great success at you know kind of stopping it then um you know but still it's tough you know you can't take any plays off it's it's tough downhill football. They're they're gonna try to punch you in the mouth, and they're just gonna do it over and over. And that's what they're used to doing, and that's what they've been doing all year. It's what they've been doing the last couple of years. It's what Wakefield's been doing his entire entire coaching career. Um, so you know you might call it simplistic, old school, but you know if you can get three yards per play, yeah. that will result in a touchdown every drive. Yeah. So first and ten, second and seven. Third and four, four and one, first down. First down. You just keep doing that all the way down the field. Um, you know, and that's why it works. And then you break one. You eventually break one, mm-hmm. right? You get that one block or you get the one linebacker going the wrong way. And there's a long touchdown run. So it's definitely going to be a test for our defense just from having to battle this every single play all game long. You know, Perry's going to try to run down the clock, the play clock. They're going to take their time. Um, and they're going to use the clock and that's exactly what they like to do. So, you know, we know what to expect. We know what's coming, but it's still a test to go out there and actually execute. Yeah, it is. Like you, like you said, it is easy to just talk about it now, but it's going to be a battle out there on Friday. And I think we've seen a lot of teams, especially, uh, 
Penn Trafford and Gateway both. You know, big part of the game plan was take as much time on offense as possible, chew up the clock, and don't let us have the ball very much. And one thing that stood out to me was at the Booster Club meeting, you know, more brought up that, or somebody asked about it and more kind of agreed that they are, just like us, a fourth quarter team. The longer the game goes on, it seems like the stronger they get, which really could just be them wearing down the defense. And, you know, he expects them to break one or two. Mm-hmm. But if we can hold them to just one or two and then just do our job the rest of the game, we'll be fine. I expect us to be fine. Um, one thing that did stand out to me just like first glance at the uh, at the roster is four of their five starting offensive linemen go both ways. Mm-hmm. And I expect that to be, especially with how physical we are as well, that I think that's something they haven't really seen before, the physicality of our offense. And uh, I think you're going to start to see us wear down on them in the second half and the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, the strength of Perry's team is is their line. A lot of their linemen go both ways, like you said. Um, outside of their line, you know, y- you can kind of pick and choose what matchups you like. Um, but they have a good line. They have a tough line. That's what they base their whole team around. And, you know, that's that's part of why you said they're a fourth-quarter team is anytime that you base your team around your line or that's the strong point of your team, you know, they're going to put it on their shoulders. And they know that they have to go the whole game. And in order to be a good line, you kind of have to have that mentality. And a lineman with that mentality of, you know, putting the game on his shoulders, he's going to go the whole game. And that wears down on defenses. It wears down on offensive lines too. Um, they do go both ways. I know I read a thing where Coach Moore said, you know, it's not going to be a big disadvantage for them at all because they're used to doing it. Mm-hmm. By week 12, you're used to going both ways. Perry controls the tempo. Um, so they kind of play at their own pace, and that's what they're used to doing. But at the same time, you're right. They haven't played, I don't believe, a team like us. Um, I think that we have the physicality that a lot of other teams don't. And when we don't have players going both ways, you know, we have a really solid offensive line. We have a really solid defensive line. And when you have to deal with them with fresh legs going at you, um, I think that's going to start to wear on them, no matter how much they control the pace. You know, we're not going to back down. Even looking at their roster, I know we'll get into it more here in a sec, but looking at their roster, the strong point of their team is the line. Yeah. But that doesn't mean we're going to back away from it. We're still going to run the ball right at them. You know, we're still going to hit them in the mouth, and that's going to wear on them. So um, I definitely think by the fourth quarter there there will be an impact. Yeah, um, I think offensively we're going to do what we do. Um, defensively, I just – I would think just looking back at, you know, a team like this, I would say at least up in the trenches-wise, I look at East St. Louis last year. You know, they had some big dudes up front, but they went both ways. So what do we do? On the defensive side of the ball, we rotated our linemen like every two plays. You know, we saw a lot. We had guys running in and out. And by the fourth quarter, our guys were a lot fresher than theirs, and they're sucking wind hard. So I, that's just my own, you know, just grasping at straws, guessing at uh, something you might see on Friday night. Uh, something else is – not in the trenches, but in the defensive backfield. I think we're still going to run at them quite a bit just to wear them down. But I see a lot of mismatches here. You know, you look at their starting cornerbacks, 5'10", 150, 5'7", 140. Their free safety that 
uh, Coach Moore said that they'll play him a little bit at corner as well, just for uh, he he's a better matchup to some guys. 5'8", 155. You know, we have guys that can jump out the gym, and I don't think 5'7", 140 is going to be able to jump out the gym with them. So I expect a lot of deep shots, just a lot of more downfield passing attack, you know, a little more so than we're used to seeing. I think it's going to look a lot like maybe the Fitch game last year where he had like 8, 10 just vertical, you know, vertical passing concepts in a row. Uh, anything else stand out to you, Rob? Well, I mean, like you said, I mean, their defensive backfield isn't huge, um, and they're also not the highlighted players on the roster. Um, so, I mean, th- that's definitely not their strong point. They obviously don't match up with us one-on-one on very well on paper. Um, but another thing that I think might hurt them, I, I you know, I haven't seen a bunch on them, but the scheme that they run on defense, mm-hmm. you know, that cover three, they base out of a cover three, and, you know, they're trying to take away the deep ball that way. But I think that's going to open up, you know, some windows for us. You know, I, I'm never a fan of any time a team just bases out of a single coverage. Yeah. Um, at all. doesn't matter who you are. Um, so I think I wouldn't be surprised if they try to mix that up. But looking on paper, you know, they might not have the depth at defensive back to kind of mix it up too much. I mean, like you said, their free safety, who's their best defensive back, they might have to switch him to corner for a better matchup. Uh, the backup free safety is a sophomore. Don't know anything about him, but, you know, I mean, he's a sophomore, and anytime you have a, so- a younger kid like that, it's always tough in a big game. So I don't know if they have the depth to really mix it up too much or if they can drop into, you know, a, a two-safety look. Um, so, I mean, it's just... It's going to be interesting to see how they play us because they they know they know that on paper they don't have mm-hmm. the defensive backs to match up with our receivers very well. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how they come out and play us. And, uh, you know, Wakefield's not – he's no dummy. You know, people might not like him that much, <laughs> but he's no dummy. Yeah. So um, I would expect to, you know, see something out of him. They know who we have. They know who they have. And I, I would expect something to change up somewhere. Yeah. And they base out of um, it's like a four-three under front kind of thing, but they call the strength of defense into the boundary. So they're putting their strong side backer into the boundary side of the sideline side of the field, and then roll coverage to the field. So they're dropping a safety down over that you know split out third receiver, which you just end up with a cover three, like you said, pretty much every down. And I go back to like, you know, Fitch or Louisville last year where you're going to get that same kind of coverage pretty much every snap. And a lot of times you can do you what you do is you just attack the seams. So another thing I expect to see is, you know, like we did last year, we would put Ballard and Morgan both in the slots and send them on verticals. I expect to see maybe a little bit of that this year too against Perry. Um, Moore's high on their linebacking core just as a last, uh, last little touch on their defense. Uh, Nothing, you know, no real single guy stands out, but he said as a whole, you know, it's a, it's a strong point of the defense. Yeah, I mean, on the roster sheet, they have four guys listed as linebackers. Um, I mean, like Hank said, one of them is more kind of like a traditional strong safety that's going to roll down into coverage, into the box a little bit more. He's kind of the in-between player. Um, but they have four guys listed as linebackers on this roster sheet, and they're all bolded as good players. Um, the one thing that kind of stands out to me is that none of them are that big. 
Um, I mean, they have only one of them is over 200 pounds. Uh, so 5'5", 160, 5'9", 160, 5'10", 180. Uh, I know their defensive line is pretty big because it's a lot of their offensive linemen going both ways, and their offensive line and defensive line is pretty good. Um, so that's definitely going to help out the linebackers if they're good playmakers. But at the end of the day, they're not huge. So I think if we are able to get our blocks up onto those second levels, um, I think we, we might have some decent blocks on them as well as our running backs are going to have a better chance you know, against some of these smaller guys. So um, they might play really well. They, they can play downhill. They can make great plays. Um but I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of that is because of the line in front of them. Um, so I think we can get past that first level. I, I think we have a good shot there as well. Um, like I said, the strength of this team is in their line, offensive mm-hmm. line, defensive line. Yeah, and I think we'd be remiss if we didn't touch on, you know, their, you know, the uh, offensive backfield a little bit. Their fullback, um, Dion Cundiff, senior, 6'1", 240. Looks like a grown ass man on film. That's a that's a good sized kid right there. Yeah, he's their fullback. Um, their other their wing back, the guy they use on the jet motion a lot, Joshua Lemon, 5'10", 180. He can turn it upfield. He's got some moves and he's quick too. You know, you see guys that are like there's guys that are fast. You know, just in grass, and there's guys fast in pads. He's fast in pads. Um, I expect him to be a guy that you you might see break one or two. The other wing back, he's kind of highlighted. Uh, junior, six foot, one seventy, but more kind of made it a point. Unlike a traditional wing, where you kind of wing T, where you kind of see like all three backfield players get a lot of the get fairly equal touches. He's a lot more of a blocking back, so he, you you know you might see a couple uh, counters go his way, but he's going to be do, doing more blocking than uh, than running. And then there's the quarterback. Hayden Venus, Venus, Venas, whatever. Junior 5'9", 165. He's carried the ball a little bit. They've had uh, just some called QB runs. You know, he uh, more made it a point to show him running a quarterback buck sweep against Hoover, but Hoover went 5-5. Five and five. Not great. So, tough kid, good runner. Not that impressive. And really not... Uh, not a, I don't want to say great arm, you know, an average wing T arm for a quarterback, I guess. Nothing really stood out on film. I think Moore only had one shot at one passing play at the booster club that he showed. So I wouldn't, I'm not afraid of them going over the top on us. Yeah. I mean, with that wing T, you're, you're not going to see a lot of passing. That's just the nature of the beast with it. They're going to run the ball a lot. Um, there's going to be what looks like a lot of, you know, misdirection up. In for the fans, you know, you're going to see people going one way, people going the other way. Uh, but like Hank said earlier, you know, if you follow your guards, it'll usually take you to the ball. Um, so, you know, don't let it fool you. You know, we're going to be trained on what to do, but they have a lot of moving parts, a lot of running with that wing tee. Um, but I mean, the one last thing that I, I want to get back to now that we're talking about, you know, some of the skill players on offense, um, you know, they, they got those couple good running backs, fullback, wingbacks, um, different terms for them. Uh, the receivers, they have three receivers listed. You'll probably, you know, only ever see like one of them out there at a time. Um, but all of them go both ways. They're all defensive back. Uh, their line, like Hank said earlier, you know, three, four of them go both ways. 
they're running backs, though. I don't, I don't think any of them play defense that I've seen. So um, they'll be fresh. Uh, they know what to do. They're good at what they do. Um, so it really comes down to their line versus our line. And, you know, I'll put our line up against anybody, but this is probably going to be the purest test of just seeing a line an interior together, not just the line, but, mm-hmm. you the know, line. our line and linebackers, yeah. um, as well as run support from the safeties really coming down. Um, because like I said, they just need three yards of play. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's any, that's all anybody ever needs is three yards of play. But you know, with their offense is designed you know, we're going to get three, four, five yards of play. That's it. You know, even if you know what we're doing, can you stop me from getting three yards? So, you know, that's, it's going to be a tough drawn out game. And, you know, the fans need to be up on their feet and cheering and, you know, ready every time there's a big play because you never know when, you know, they're going to break one off or when they're going to get a first down and another first down and another first down. And, you know, they might string together six first downs, but we need to stand together as a fan base, as a defense, because we just need to keep them out of the end zone. They can get 90 yards as long as they stay out of the end zone. Um, There was a quote that I saw online. I don't know what paper or website it was, um, but Coach Wakefield said, no one's going to stop them. You're not going to stop their offense. You, Another team might outscore Perry, but you're not going to stop Perry. Um, and I kind of take that as a challenge. You know, I think on paper we can just outscore them on paper. But I want to go out there and stop them. I want to stop them and outscore them. Um, that's my goal because I don't want it to just win because – the system, you know, Wakefield yeah. ran the entire clock down when he was down 20. <laughs> I want to go out there and put another goose egg up on the board. And I want to show Perry that, you know, we're fully capable of beating them at their own game. And, uh, you know, I just want to, I want to make Masson proud and I want to put Perry back in their place. Yeah. You know, um, just one thing real quick, like what you said about how we can't, you know, they don't think we can stop them. Nobody can stop them. He doesn't think anyone can stop them. I mean, that's fine if you have 500 yards of offense and like three field goal attempts to show for it. You know, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, the only thing that matters is what's on the scoreboard. And if what's on the scoreboard for you is a big old goose egg, that's going to make me and the rest of Masson very happy. And I think one thing that's really stood out to me, not football wise, just like kind of how the schools are approaching it, is. You said about putting Perry back in their place. You know, their school, they're putting posters up and decorating the school. They're they're treating this like we treat McKinley Week. And we're treating this like a business trip. I can't remember what it's a quote from some TV show, just two characters talking to one another. One's like, you know, I worry about you. The other one's like, I don't even think about you. <laughs> and I feel like that kind of sums up like, you know, the Maslin and the Maslin-Perry relationship is they're just our little brother and they've been spouting off because they know Big Daddy Wakefield's not going to let us beat up on them. Now's our chance to beat up on them. Now's our chance to show them who they really are and who we are. So I expect us to come out with a little bit more fire in us just to, you know, like you said, put them back in their place. Yeah, Perry's, you know, they're really excited for this game. This is... 
you know, the biggest game of the year for them. And it should be, you know, once you get in the playoffs, every single game should be the biggest game of your year. You know, Maslin's lucky enough to have that McKinley game. Um, that doesn't make this not the biggest game of the year. You know, we're past that. Maslin's got three seasons, the first nine weeks, week 10, and then the rest. You know, so we're past all of that. This is our biggest game of the week, which is going to be the biggest game of the year. And then next week, we'll do it all over again. Um, but, it, you know, it just it's a little extra for Perry. You know, they really, really want to beat us. They really want to beat Maslin. Everyone wants to beat Maslin. But our neighbor, Perry, they, they don't like us. They chose to turn down the contract with us, and they wouldn't play us anymore. You know, there's some bad blood there. And like you said, they're putting up signs all over the school. Some of them are not very tasteful at all, but, you know, that's what they do. So, you know, we need to treat it the way that they're treating it. Not, we don't need to go around putting up posters and everything, but when game time comes, fans need to get into it. Perry fans are going to be into it. So we need to get there, show up, make that 360 around, wherever they allow us to go. And, you know, just take over the stadium and let them know from the start that we're there for a business trip and they just happen to be the people in the way. And as excited as they get, going back to that, we're going to just bring more, you mm-hmm. know. Hopefully, I, I pray that they come out and do something stupid to try to taunt <laughs> us. But I, I pray every team comes out and tries to do something stupid as taunt us. So, you know, let there be a little extra you know, something going on pregame, you know, mm-hmm. give us more bulletin board material. We love it. I absolutely love it. Give us more because we're going to go out there and we're going to punch you in the mouth. We're not going to say anything. We're just going to go out there and punch you right in the mouth. Exactly. And what's going to make that even sweeter is when they run out or whatever, you know, they're come out five minutes before kickoff, run through the hoop or whatever they got on the, onto the sideline. I want them to come out and see a sea of orange and black. No white in there. No, no big Purdue, P, Perry, whatever the hell. No Panthers, orange and black from Maslin. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an orange out. That's what we're going with. Um, I, I didn't look at the exact, what the temperature is going to be, but I know for some people it might be difficult to wear something orange on top of everything they're going to wear to stay warm. But try to do your best to wear something orange. Wear orange just wear orange you know if you can't wear black even though perry wears a lot of black so that's why it's better to wear orange but it's going to be an orange out try your best to wear as much orange as you can find something orange that you can wear over top of your clothes yeah and wear also just a lot of clothes too you know it is going to be a little chilly even if you are buddy buddy up to your neighbors i i go find like an xl orange t-shirt or that's what i thought i was gonna do yeah just something to throw over top of everything else you're gonna wear anything it shouldn't be too awfully difficult get an orange hat orange headband whatever just i want them to come out and see that lakes little rinky dink high school stadium bowl is nothing but orange and black yeah it i mean i just checked and it's it's a high of like 41 degrees that day, mm-hmm. which I think is the warmest day this week. <laughs> so we should be used to it. Um, but, you know, it's, it's going to cool down and it's going to be tight in there. You know, we're going to be down in a bowl and it's packed, sold out, standing room only. You're going to be pressed up against people. Um, but, you know, make sure you check the weather before you go. 
Don't leave at halftime because you're cold. All right. Don't choose not to go because you're going to be cold. Just put on some extra clothes. It's not that hard. And then find something orange to go over top of it. Um, and we're going to show the stadium that we're all orange, all orange and black, the entire place. So, you know, get ready to come out and, you know, be a, as big of a part of it as you ever have been. Yeah. I mean, I got my motivation tank is empty. That's all I really got. Rob, you got anything else? Uh, for people that haven't seen, uh, there's going to be parking right there at the stadium. There's parking across the street at their, what is their high school and middle school. Uh, I think there's a library there too. Um, but there's parking like in front of that building. There's parking behind that building. And then if that runs out, you can park um, back where the Hartfield Flea Market is, back behind the Hartfield Kitchen, behind Hartfield Hardware. It's all kind of like one big complex back there. And there is a free shuttle bus taking people from that parking lot to the game before and after the game. Um, all the parking is free. So get there, get there early, you know, have some fun. Park at the high school lot. It's closer. Park behind the high school lot. Um, supposedly, there's a tunnel where you can walk under Market Street as well, so you don't have to try to cross Market. Um, you know, they're doing a great job of making it convenient for us. There's going to be a decent amount of parking, free shuttle buses. Uh, so make sure you just get there and you know show out for Maslin and uh, you know take care of everybody that's there. I guess they're going to have food trucks as well as a concession stand. Or I did hear that, yes. Maybe just food. I don't know. They're going to have food. Yeah. Um, at least food trucks. I think a concession stand and food trucks. Um, so, you know, go check them out. Maybe they'll have some hot chocolate or something. I believe there is concession stands because the Lake social media guy made it a point to say, we don't make any money off of this besides concessions. Yeah, but then he said to come check out his stand where he sells fries or something because he... He's yeah. fat and eat fries or something. Yeah, that's it's uh, his wording. I'm not. Yeah. I don't know who I, he is. He but. said, "Find the fat guy eating French fries." Yeah. So I, they're gonna they're gonna have food trucks. They're gonna have concession stands. So you know, use them. You know, take the money you would have spent parking, and go buy yourself some French fries, um, and enjoy the game. And so, there also is one bus, two buses leaving um, from Kmart's parking lot. I think that's at least where the. I, I think one. Um, if I don't think it was even close to selling out the yeah. last i heard so okay um that's 20 bucks a ticket 20 no bucks f- a ticket you get picked up at kmart's parking lot you get dropped off at the front gates of the stadium picked up at the front gates of the stadium dropped back off at kmart so you don't have to deal with driving you don't have to deal with the parking um or even walking to your car before and after the game so um it's convenient for those that would like to use it it's 20 dollars for a ticket you can get your ticket down at keller's office furniture um, or you can contact one of us, contact somebody in the booster club that you know, because everybody kind of has a contact reference of how to get a ticket for this. Um, but you, if nothing else, you can get them downtown at Keller's Office Furniture. Correct. So Don't wait to the last minute either. Yeah. Because, you know, the bus is either going to be gone or sold out or they, you know, might not be selling tickets anymore. Just, you know, let somebody know ahead of time. Sooner than later. That, that's the best course of action. So I guess uh, with that... I got nothing else left to say. Rob, you done? That's it. All right. With that, go Tigers. Beat Mass. Beat Perry. Beat Maslin Perry.
But Gollum and the evil one crept up and slipped away. 